Today on the Break It Down for Brackens podcast, we get to hear from Todd Coyle. Todd is on the city council in Charlestown, West Virginia. Uh, He tells me why he decided to run three years ago, how he won, some of the successes and challenges he has faced since being on city council, and uh, what the future of Charlestown might look like in the coming months and years. Let's hear what Todd has to say. Have you heard of Bracken's painting? I started Bracken's painting back in 2011. We do both residential and commercial painting. We have contractors licenses in West Virginia and Virginia, and we carry all the necessary insurances, like workers' comp, general liability. Uh, We operate a small staff that focuses on meeting the homeowner's needs and project manager's timeline expectations. Uh, We we try to have exceptional attention to detail. If you're interested in doing any sort of commercial or residential painting, please contact Bracken's Painting. More information can be found at www.com. BrackensPainting.com. One of my friends from the Leadership West Virginia program, Rob Passmore, is this year's race director for the Poco River 15K. The Poco River 15K is West Virginia's oldest road race, and this year it is held on May 2nd. Poco is just a few miles north of Charleston, West Virginia. This year's course is the same as the older course uh, because the new bridge has been built and they can run across the bridge and complete the loop. If you want to learn more about this 15K, which comes out to 9.3 miles, you can look it up, Poca, P-O-C-A, River Run on Facebook.com or Poca River Run on RunSignUp.com. Have you heard of the Try This West Virginia conference? If you're somebody who is working to build a healthier West Virginia, then you should join the over 500 like-minded people this year at the seventh annual conference. Uh, It's in Buckhannon, West Virginia. This year it's on June 12th and June 13th. Go there to learn about grassroots efforts that are taking place from all around the state, from community gardens to yoga in schools, running and biking programs, and even maybe building a community recreation center. Once you've networked around the conference, There's also opportunities to learn how to apply for grant funding for a project in your own community. Enjoy two days of healthy food, physical activity, and mindful living. Register before March 15th for early bird rates at trythiswv.com slash conference. Todd Coyle, thank you for being on the Break It Down for Brackens podcast. Kevin, it's always good to see you, man. Especially (laughs) first thing in the morning. (laughs) I appreciate it. Look, um, let's talk about your background. Where are you from? Um, where'd you come up? Did you go to school? Just give me a bunch of background on who Todd Coyle is. Wow, okay. Um, I'm from Jefferson County. My family goes back in Jefferson County to the 1760s, I believe. Grew up here. Um, my family were farmers and just basic workers, and uh, my parents were teachers. Uh, my dad was a VOAG teacher. Um, I lived on Liberty Street and still lived next to where I grew up. Oh, wow. Um, I did move away for about 20 years and then came back and just kind of... Where'd you move to? <laughs> Shepherdstown. Oh, come on. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking California or, or Georgia or Florida. I, or... You know, I've traveled all over the place, but there was a time when living, when you lived in Shepherdstown and Charlestown where it was like, it was like Montana and Florida, you know, it's like people in both communities felt like almost acted like the other community was like light years away um but i went to school at shepherd college which is now shepherd university Mm -hmm. um uh, my focus was photography um well the first two years i was a business major and a journalism minor then i went off to another school for a year and learned commercial photography then came back to shepherd and took photography and also dabbled in um drama and stuff and all that all through that I was uh, a musician played in bands and what instruments uh, primarily guitar and bass but in the studio I can do uh, anything with a string on it or a piano and uh, if I absolutely have to I can do a drum that I'm not you know sure we have to record and record and record I, hear, <laughs> I, hear you. Sure. I can't do beats like that but um, and then um, after college, I just kind of 
music was my thing. That's what I did. You know, I, I always worked a day job, but um, I played all over the place. I've done well over 4,000 gigs in my life and, and ran open mics for uh, 20 years. Um, ran an open mic at the Mecklenburg Inn for 16 years on every Tuesday night. Wow. Um, it played with all kinds of people, produced records and done uh, event management and all that kind of stuff. And I've played music from here to California. Um, I've played blues, rock, jazz, um, country, uh, whatever. And yeah, a little bit of backstory on how Todd and I know each other. We've met through the farmer's market, through Leadership Jefferson, and basically through just being involved in the community in Jefferson County and primarily Charlestown, I'd say. Um, and Todd's been on board my brainstorming sessions about how I was developing this good company idea, good company <laughs> WV. And I was always, I could always catch him behind the desk at the um, bushel and peck, so he couldn't really get away from me. So I could always just stand there and chew his ear. Um, but as this podcast was being developed, I approached him to provide background music. But that was so back, so far back in the beginning that I was literally just deleting things by accident. I wasn't saving things correctly. I mean, back when I was mega rookie. But Todd, I appreciate you being on that journey with me. <laughs> well, you know, um, you're one of those people in the community uh, that makes things happen. And I love that you make things happen. I like, I like being a part of, I like building things. And um, you know, people like you and me, we, we just show up and things happen. You can make them happen, yeah. 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 And it's not always, I mean, somebody told me that once, you know, wherever you are, things happen. And I was like, well, it's not that I make things happen. It's just that I'm standing there going, come on, let's, let's do things. Come on. Yeah, let's put it together. Yeah. 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 Hey, you, do, and you inspire people to, to get up and move. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So, so you're on city council. Yes. Okay, how long have you been on city council in Charlestown? Three years. Three years. What, uh, what does it mean to be on city council, and how did you decide that you wanted to be involved? What it means, wow. Um, what it means is that... Uh, Hold on. So let's, let's look at it from this point of view. I guess with, when I ask that kind of question, I ask almost anybody running for office that version of the question. And I, I guess I'm not always the best at describing what I, from what point of view. <clears throat> If somebody thinks that they might be somebody who wants to run on city council, what is it? What would you tell them it means to be on it? What's the responsibility level? Oh, it's a lot of time, um, a, a lot of um, a mental time, um, and you have committees and stuff. But it's also um, being a, a part of the community. Like you, be, you, you step up a notch on the, in the community. And for me, it was like realizing that. Um, I represent about 1,200 people in my ward, um, and that's a responsibility. You have to be able to shoulder that and deal with it. You have to be able to deal with uh, criticisms. You have to deal with the fact that no matter what you decide, probably half the people don't agree with it. Um, but that's, you know, that goes with the job. So if you're not willing to take that, and if you're not willing to put the time into it, um, you know, being on city council or any uh, elected position isn't for the faint of heart. You, if somebody you, was, if somebody was to make it seem glamorous, in other <laughs> words, let's imagine Excuse somebody's me. talking to somebody else, say, "Oh, you should be on city council. I think, I think you'd be a great person to be on that." That's what. That's how I got involved, sort of. Oh. So, I mean, how I came to be in the little thing. I, I've always been involved in the community forever, and um, I was doing a music program on a radio show um, and this is like I don't know eight eight or nine years ago and it had nothing to do with politics and we had like 10 minutes before airtime and uh, me and one of the other guys were we were just chatting and um, waiting for the on-air line to go on and he looks over at me and says you know you should run for public office and I was like what <laughs> where did that come from it's like, no, you're, you're responsible, you're smart, you're a good guy, you do, you do a lot in the community. I think you'd be good at doing something like that. And it was just an offhand comment. And I was like, and then we went and did the show and I didn't think anything about it. And a couple weeks later, somebody else said that to me. And I was like, what? You know, it's like, I, I think things happen for a reason a sure, lot of times. Yeah, right. And 
so that happened. And then I've, I've dealt with the city councils a lot, um, and doing events and just being involved. I mean, it's not, it wasn't unusual for me to go before a city council and explain something or tell them about something. Um, and I was in a meeting with some uh, political people, and I got really frustrated with how the meeting went and walked away, you know, thinking, well, you know, kind of, if that's all it takes, then I can do that, you know? And, sure. and um, still, and I was actually walking up the street with somebody who said, yeah, you should. And, um, and then, a, you know, I don't know, a couple years later when the election cycle came back around, a couple of people said, just kind of nudged me and said, you should do this. You should do this. We trust you. And I was kind of like, well, and I actually, when the, 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 the time to sign up for it happened, I actually waited a week or two to see if anybody else would do it. And nobody else stepped up. So I did. And, and the person that was in the original position was resigning? Or did you have to run against them? Uh, they just weren't going to run. Okay. So in Charlestown, there's four wards, and every ward has two representatives. And every other year, one of those representatives comes up for election. And I knew the guy who was in my seat. He was a, a friend of mine. And he's one of the ones that came up. So I said, I'm not going to run this time because I, I want to go do other things. You should take my place. And um, That's flattering. That's, that's really, it's an honor for someone to say that to you. It, yeah, it was, but it was kind of a shock. I think it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I've worked my butt off doing things forever for a lot of people and never, I don't do things for recognition. I just do things. Sure. And, um, uh, you know, all of a sudden it's like, oh, somebody, somebody is noticing what I'm doing. So, yeah, it's kind of flattering. And yeah, it's I mean, cool. well, it, it, I, maybe flattering is the wrong word. I think what I'm trying to say is that it's... Um, I think right. I kind of yeah. If people see that you're doing things in the community and they see that, I think that people will encourage you to run for office, even if they don't know what the office is and what it's about. And if they think that you can get in there and make change happen for the better, you know, I think it's they, not, they not just you. about making change; it's about representing well. Mm -hmm. You know, um, change isn't. I mean, change is good, but change isn't always good. Right. So, so I think it's about representing the people around you well. And if change needs to happen, being a part of that. And if it doesn't need to happen, you know, don't fix it if it's not, you know, if it's not broke. Uh, yeah, so. I guess my point of view is, people have mentioned to me, "Oh, you should run for office. Why don't you run for mayor?" All all this stuff that I know is not placed logically. It's based on emotion, right? Or the community reaching out, looking for a leader who will fix something that they're frustrated with. Right, and I think for me too, it, it was it came at a point in, in my life where I was ready for a challenge and, and that kind of thing. And there was, I don't know, 20, 25 years ago, whatever, I came up with a life plan. I had all these things I wanted to do and I had a list and blah, blah, blah. And I got to a point in my life where I'd pretty much done everything on my, that I set out to do. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those moments where I kind of was like, okay, I finished that list, now what? And then this came around, you know, and I, at that point I was involved with the farmer's market, became very passionate about small business and small farms. And, and um, one of the things I, I wanted to do was see our businesses grow. I mean, I grew up in downtown Charlestown and it was, when I was a kid, it thrived and all the businesses worked together and everybody was like, you know, it was a community. And I, over a period of time, I kind of saw that kind of, disappear um, but one of the cool things is particularly over the last couple of years we've really started coming back to that right and and particularly in like uh, I'd say the last year or so that's um, good it's good to hear yeah um, and I sh should give a shout out we're going to you know talk about one of the successes of all this is hiring, sure. hiring Liz Cook right um, um, pretty amazing. We all were going in the right direction, but we didn't have a focal point. And, and the fact the city decided to hire that position and create that position gave small business a focal point. Well, let's talk about that for a second then. I, I had two businesses downtown over the course of two and a half years or right. so. And um, there was 
a collaboration and people, small business owners, were working together to help build some sort of, um, through, through the help of Charlestown Now. Mm-hmm. Um, they were trying to work together, and, and they were, and events were happening, but people's expectations, or the business owners, I feel, the business ex- business owners' expectations of these events were much higher than they would be able to deliver. Right. Because you don't think about what the weather is going to do to your event. We had right. a Valentine's Day one where it was so bitter cold, no one's trying to ride around with the pony on the cart. You know? I remember that. And yeah. even though it was there and the event happened, <clears throat> it was positive to some extent. It, it just, it was, it was lacking something. The Charlestown Now component was lacking something. And there was always this rumor that there was a budget or that there was money somewhere to hire a full-time person. But nobody could really decide if that was true or not. We couldn't really get any answers. Nobody was really asking the questions, frankly. Mm-hmm. But there was this rumor that, oh, they're going to hire somebody. They're going to hire somebody. And then in this a- day and age when everybody wants it now, we're like, well, we don't have it. Where is it? Where is the person? Um, okay. so, the, so the fact that they did hire somebody, so that now there is a point person. And I've worked with Liz on a couple of things so far. It's amazing to have one person to go to instead right. of me talking to the chief of police, instead of me talking to right. Daryl or uh, a committee or like she goes around, and takes care of all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And she's streamlining the process, which should ultimately make things more efficient when it comes to having events downtown or the the businesses working together. So you're right. That's mm-hmm. a real success. Right. Hold on. Before I know before you interject, I think my long winded explanation it was change is slow. Right. Mm-hmm. And that so comment on that like when it comes to, and like I said, change isn't always what you want. If it's not broke, don't fix it. But when you hear about something coming, it doesn't mean it's happening in two weeks. No, and um, I, I think anybody who who knows about setting goals and 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 working to obtain those goals, um, and I think part of that is you know the day society with the uh, social media and stuff. It's you know. And Amazon, they want want things now. You you expect to order something to have it tomorrow. Um, True success and and true development takes uh, takes time, and you have to get to a goal one step at a time and go in the in the right order. And you know, um, one of the reasons I got to where I am now is because I had my sights set way down every day on everything I list. I think. Today, tomorrow, a year from now, three years from now, five years from now, ten years from now, with every decision. Right. And it's just a part of every decision. And um, I've told people like before that you know I'm going to do this, and three years later I did it. They kind of forgot about it because you know I didn't do it the next day, but I never intended to do it the next day. So I think you, when you're approaching development of that kind, you have to set goals and you have to pace yourself. And I think that's what happened when you were talking about when you were doing stuff downtown. Mm-hmm. I was doing stuff before you, uh, kind of the same thing, and I got kind of burnt out on it, right. being the guy that goes around and talks to everybody. And I think probably the same thing happened to you. And um, you, you, you Well, didn't, I, I didn't get burned out. I was just, well, no, I mean, no, matter, no matter what level of maturity or understanding you know that how long things take, yeah. if, you, if you get the idea and you're excited about it you're like oh my god right. well when's it going to happen when's it going to happen and in small business sometimes things are later than they miss they missed the mark right patience was one of the best virtues to have when you're doing this kind right. of stuff and you should you know take it one step at a time and you know and and evaluate is this step a, you know kind of dive into the step sometimes you're not sure what's going to happen but you dive in anyway but then you have to look around and did this work? How does it connect with everything else? And realize that the goal is still there. It's just a, another 10 steps away. No, I, I, yeah, I, I agree. And I, that's one reason why I'm hesitant to ever run for, for any position is because I like to implement change as a business owner. Right. And a lot of times my path for implementing change or starting a program, pump money and staff into it. And all of a sudden it's built and here it is. And it might last and it might not last, but there's a lot more red tape, but let, let's let's get off that topic. I mean, change is slow. That's kind of how any government platform is, I think. But yeah. um, let's go back to city council and being elected to office. How often are the elections? Um, every four years. Every four years. 
Oh, for your for your every every position. term four years. Okay, but they they alternate. Right, and so. then in the pre-interview you said that you represent twelve hundred people. About yeah. Okay, so it's about that many. Is this one of those elections where only the people in your ward vote for you, or does the entire? No, the whole town votes for you. The whole town votes for so you. So you basically you, you essentially represent a ward, uh, but you also represent the town. This way I see it is I represent the ward first, and then I represent the town. Okay. Um, for me, I need logical orders of things, and that seems more logical because my ward are my neighbors. Yeah. And they're the ones that generally talk to me first, which is, makes sense, right? Right. Um, but you also represent the whole town, and, um, you know, and my, one of my best, uh, biggest philosophies uh, and all of that is I really try to represent equally. I, and that's a challenge, you know. I have my own personal feelings about things. I try not to let that, it influences, but I try to listen to everybody. I think, you know, that, uh, as I like to say, I, I, re I represent everybody, not just the people I agree with. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, um, I think that's a, um, a a good way to look. I think more politicians should think that way. <laughs> nice. I, I agree. The um, next question I have is, I didn't really bring this up in the beginning, but well, if, you, if you've served three years, that means you're up for election. Next year. Mm -hmm. uh, when, when is that election? Uh, to, uh, uh, November? 21. No, it'll be next uh, oh, 21. April, May. Okay. Like so, so like, yeah. So spring of 21 is when you're up again. Mm -hmm. So let's imagine the, uh, somebody is, uh, not intending to run again, which will leave a position vacant. Mm -hmm. Is it something, is it, is it a way that the, this is how I imagine it would be, but does the council get together and almost like recruit, Hey, we think this person would be a really good person to be on city council. Do we, trying to talk them into it or encourage them Is not that how that works? not consciously as a unit no mm -hmm. um but it's not unusual for members of city council to to look around because you want particularly if you're going to step off you you want to kind of like encourage people um to get involved um but recruiting somebody like that no we, we don't do that you know unless somebody quits or something you know, then there's a process for that, but um, no, but I, I, I just imagine that's like, for me, it looks like staffing. It looks like partnerships and staffing. It's, I'd be like, okay, we know this person's gonna leave and we know that this other person over here is real sharp. Should we go and encourage them or? Yeah, that doesn't get discussed at like the council table or anything. That might no be problem. a private conversation. All right, cool. Yeah. I, I, you know, I just wondered that. No, and I think, you know, it should happen. I mean, it, I, the sad thing about uh, that I found over the years is like when I ran, I ran unopposed and part of me was like, well, I must be that good of a guy or something, you know, but I don't know. Uh, but, but the truth is, is very few people vote in local elections like this. Very few. It's really hard to get people involved. I've heard that. Um, everybody wants to complain when there's a problem, but nobody wants to be involved when, when it's, you know, you really need somebody there. So. You know, I, I would say with the way things have been in the past, with the challenges that people in city council have had, like, for example, the um, Hilltop House, mm. that sounds like a really crazy debate. And there's no way going on city council, you knew you were walking into that, mm. that, that storm. Like, you wouldn't have known. Um, so it's got to be challenging. What are... It's going to be challenging to project if you are going to run for a position like city council to know what's going to happen in the next four years yeah. and, and how smart you need to be on certain topics to hope that you are representing your ward and this, the town. That's got to be really a, a tough – That's I guess that's perspective you should have before you agree or before you decide. A, a knowledge of this stuff? is that what Not you a mean? knowledge, but just an understanding that it could be situational. Oh, oh absolutely. Um, just given the, the local politics of the last couple of years, um, I had no idea. I had no idea what I was really getting into, even though I'd seen city councils for years. And, and I, I can't say I was, you know, completely engaged, but it wasn't foreign to me to, to watch a city council or know something about issues. You, you don't know what's coming. Um, you can guess, 
about some things, but uh, I think every um, if you're in office for four years, I'm you're, you can pretty much count on you're going to be, go up against a wall that you had no clue was coming at you. That's and, very, very good perspective. <clears throat> and again, I like this podcast to always be about either to inspire or warn somebody <laughs> who might be looking to go into office. You mm -hmm. know, it, there's you don't always think about. It. Sometimes you're always just thinking about how great it's going to be, and oh, this will be nice. And if I and I, it'll be a popularity contest, and I'm popular, so I can win. And then I'll be in there, and then um, it's it's hard to know if if the people have done a lot of research. Like, what have the what is the last 16 years of challenges that city councils have seen? I think to be like, whoa, that this is serious business. Oh, you know, there's I I had no clue I went, when you know the first uh, the first meeting that I went to, and I was really nervous. You know, it's different. Being, when you approach city council as a citizen, then being on this side of the table when you, all of a sudden you have, you know, procedures to follow and that kind of thing. And, you know, I got my first council packet and there was this, like, inch thick thing of legal documents that I was supposed to read and go through um, for this meeting. And for I would, one meeting? For one meeting. <laughs> and, you know, I'm a musician and a business owner and stuff like that, a small guy. And I, and I'm, but I'm also slight, slightly dyslexic, so it takes me longer to read stuff. Sure. And so a lot of times I have to read through and then read through again. And um, <laughs> I looked at this legal stuff, and I was just like, oh, my gosh, I got through, like, page eight or something like that. And I was like, okay. I, I am not going to get this, you know, and you have to realize your limitations and right there is like my first issue right off the bat. I found that I'm completely limited as to my knowledge about this thing. And, and so, um, what that was is I was like calling people up, explain this to me. I, I, I need, I need a verbal explanation of what this means. And so you, you know, you find ways to deal with it. And it was, you know, over the sewer bond issue stuff, which is something I never knew I was going to know anything about. Um, and how, I, how long after your, uh, when you got elected, did that come up? And I think it was within the first year, right? The sewer bond? Yeah. The first meeting. For, right. That, that was my first meeting, yeah. I remember this. It blew my mind back then because I was watching the election because people were, they were some, for whatever reason, they were enticing me. Oh, you should do, you should do this. And yeah. I'm like, no, 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 I don't have time. I don't know anything about it. And I remember one of the first things that came up was sewer. I said, I don't know anything about sewer. <laughs> right. How do these guys know anything about sewer? Exactly, right. And the thing is, with a, with a sewer situation, and, and a lot of these things that you involved in, unless you have a degree in it, or you work in the industry, um, or ha you know, have worked for utilities for the thing, it's almost impossible to comprehend. What you, what you have to do is kind of research a little bit, read, um, you know, think we have the internet, so you can go on the internet and see what does another, what do other cities do? And you can actually find a lot of that stuff. Um, and then you kind of absorb all this thing and then you listen to um, um, the, the discussions at the, at the council table. Because what I found is like with eight people around the council table, um, Everybody comes at it with a slightly different perspective, and they ask slightly different questions. And, they, and, they, and so, one of the best things you can do as a politician is, or in, in this kind of thing, is listen. And I think that's one thing that a lot of people don't do. And, and um, uh, but I think I found that listening is probably the most important um, skill that a, that someone can have in one of these positions. Nice. What are uh, examples of other successes you've seen? Because the sewer bond, that all worked out. There, yeah, it did. What, what uh, else did you see? I mean, we mentioned um, hiring Liz Cook as the right. the kind of the director of Charlestown now. What else? Uh, well, hiring Daryl um, Hennessy as city manager. Um, when we went through that process, I, uh, I, you know, the personnel committee went through like a hundred resume, resumes or whatever. A hundred. There was over 100, uh, wow. I think. I could be wrong about it. But they went through all that. They, they wheedled it down to like 10, gave those to all of us. And then we cut that down to five, and then we did interviews. Um, but as I was reading through them, um, uh, Daryl stood out to me right off the bat. 
Um, and mostly because he had, he worked landscaping and stuff. He's had a shovel in his hand. He knows what it's like to get dirty. And, and at the same time, he's smart and knows, you know, and he didn't know everything. He, I mean, in the interview, he was like, there were certain things he didn't know, but he admitted that. And he, he's like, but I'm willing to learn. And I, I just found, um, he was actually the last one we interviewed. And I remember after the fourth interview, I was like, oh, this guy, this is my favorite guy and he doesn't have a chance, right? Wow. And he came in and um, he just like won me instantly. Yeah. So, and I, I think um, as far as uh, successes go, I, I think one of the, the, the great things is, is I'm really proud of how we are as a, as a council. I think we have a very ethical council. I think we, I think one of the things we do well is we work together. There, there's nobody on the council that's fighting another council person for, for anything. You know, we, we, we actually look at each other for information and point of views and, um, we don't always agree, but we accept the fact that you don't have to agree. Sure. It's about a discussion and coming to a, a conclusion and you want, you want to hear all sides. So that's refreshing to hear. Yeah. Because if you don't attend the meetings, you don't, and if you're not privy to, I guess, the executive meetings, then you, mm -hmm. you got to wonder, you know, some people seem cantankerous. Some people seem asleep. Some people seem, you know, you don't know what their personalities are <laughs> at city council. And it's, you know, you, you, you have an idea of who you vote for, right. you know, but you got to wonder how it all goes down. So it is refreshing to hear. Well, you know, if you watch cancel something, you'll see me like writing stuff. I, I never take notes because notes are foilable mm -hmm. and I doodle. And I've always done this in meetings like my whole life. I doodle to concentrate. Sure. And, and there, you know, I, I was, a, I mean, I've been a songwriter all my life and I played a lot of bars. And so when I'm songwriting, I have the TV on in the background because I'm used to being in a crowd with a crowd noise and I concentrate better when there's noise happening. So it's the same way, same thing. You know, I doodle and draw just circles on paper and, and but I'm hearing everything that, that just, you know, I'm not looking at you, but I'm hearing you. Sure. Okay. Yeah. It makes sense. So, um, you know, there's, um, there's, everybody's got their own little quirks. <laughs> I gotcha. Yeah. Let's talk about some of the challenges you had. Um, you said you, you, you know, you, you struggled with the procedures coming out of the gate and because I mean, and the sewer bond, and then understanding, and the amount of research mm -hmm. you had to dive right into. What are some other challenges you had, whether it was when you first got started or even up to now, currently? Well, the procedures were the biggest challenge for me. I'm not a rules and regulation kind of guy. I, to me, there are so many rules in the world that I just, I don't really bother you learning them. I'm, I'm ethical by nature, or at least I like to think so. Uh, but in meetings, there's, you know, when you do, uh, there's ways to make motions, uh, second the motion, and then you have, um, you know, whether you can table something, and, and, there, and there's these kind of things. There's, I, it's I, my understanding that tabling means delaying it to the next meeting or something like that? It can be, yeah. And then a motion is what? Uh, if there's whatever the issue is, you motion to pass it. Can you give me an example? Um, um, like we, let's see, we want to do something with the streets per se. We want to put up, um, stop say, signs. Come, I saw wanna, stop signs. Right. You want to do a stop sign on the street. Yeah. And this is on the council agenda and, and the mayor goes, um, uh, we want to put a stop sign, blah, blah, blah. And there's a specific legal kind of wording that sure. she reads. And then, um, somebody says, I, I make a motion to accept that. Gotcha. And then. Um, somebody else has to second that emotion, second that emotion, second that motion. Right. <laughs> and then it's open for discussion and then you talk about it. So it's a motion for discussion. But yeah. Gotcha. Basically. And then you discuss it and it goes around and around. And then at that point you either, um, uh, the mayor will call for a vote, um, and it will either pass or not pass, or it'll get voted to be tabled because we want more information. Uh, we can say, um, I want to table this till the next meeting, or I want to table this indefinitely, or we can, we can put specifics on how, 
how that works. Um, and it, you know, those are procedures. There are yeah, and there's things you you can't say during like public comment. You can't you know you can ask a question, but you can't engage in an argument and and or a or a, a debate on a policy because a public comment is not a policy discussion. Is there a referee there who's keeping everybody straight? The mayor. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's the mayor's job. So can we uh, jump to that topic now? Sure. So the current mayor is Bob Trainer. Okay. And he was appointed by the city council. Yep. Mm -hmm. Due to the exit of Scott, Scott Rogers. Mm -hmm. Okay. So how it has to be daunting, especially like you said, you don't know what challenges are going to come when you jump into these positions. How does the council handle the exit of a mayor outside of their we within it, their term? We handled it pretty well, I'd say, but. Uh, um, there, it's up to a council to decide what the procedure is. Um, Michael George, who sits next to me, um, in the previous election cycle was, he got elected the last time with me, but, um, uh, before that he was appointed for like a, uh, I think a year and a half or something, but it took him six months to get appointed because there, at that point there really wasn't a, a set procedure. And when Scott stepped off what we did was use that opportunity to come up with a set procedure for filling that seat. And it was, um, there was some debate. We figured, you know, we just kind of figured out that we, and basically we, um, you know, advertise it and there's a timeline schedule. Yeah, you advertise it, people put in resumes, then we discuss it and then, um, um, and then you vote on it and we don't have to fill the seat if we don't get a good candidate at this point. Um, uh, with, with Bob, I, it was kind of, I, th I think it was a logical choice. And he was on city council. Right. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Bob retired recently. He's got a lot of time. He's really smart. Um, and he's basically a really good guy. Um, and he was willing to put in all this time. He goes to, he puts a lot of effort into it. He goes to a lot of the committee meetings. Um, he really stays aware and he's really um, trying to get to know the whole community. I think, I think when you represent a ward, a lot of uh, council members tend to either stay in that ward or they don't, you know, they don't always. They don't politic out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and people have to remember that when you're on the town council, uh, most of us, we have jobs. We have, you know, this is extra. Right. You know, you have the normal life that everybody lives and then you put on this whole other life which is like a full-time life and um but uh, bob has worked in and worked in uh, I, I believe he worked with the navy for years he has real understanding of how procedures work um and um he really we both had the same philosophy of of you know representing everybody not just the people you agree with and he's just really a good guy and um um, he was kind of a, I think, a logical choice. Nice. One of the intentions, one of the intentions of Break It Down for Bragg's podcast is to help people understand that city council members, people running for House of Delegates, um, anybody who's getting into an elected position, even though you are what we defined as kind of a step above in the community, you're stepping up, rather. Right. Not step above, but you're stepping up as a, a, a significant more you're contributing more, I guess, to the community. You're helping make decisions. You're a leader. You and to guide a leader. it, right? But it doesn't make you untouchable. It doesn't make you um, unreachable. Like, yeah. you, we can find you right here at Bushland Impact. <laughs> I'm down here every day. Right. Yeah. Um, a lot of times we can find people, but I think we, the average citizen might think, oh, the mayor's too busy to, to talk to me. Or same thing with Daryl. And we podcasted Daryl. He wanted everybody to know. You can reach out. You can send him mm -hmm. an email. He'll put you in touch with the right person to get your concerns seen to or mm -hmm. your questions answered. And um, I feel the mayor is kind of that figurehead also. And I like to hear that he is like the referee of the procedures of what happens. <laughs> like that's, I'm glad that position exists and that's one of his job descriptions. Yeah. Another thing I wish is I don't think I've ever met Bob. And I like to think that I get around town quite a bit. and. Maybe we're just not paired up at the right events. I have heard that he gets out to quite a few events, but mm -hmm. maybe I recognize him by face. Um, you you probably would. Right, but I didn't know his name was Bob Trainer or that he was the mayor. Mm -hmm. And um, I always jokingly say, like, you know, 
I wish there was a t-shirt. Let's get the mayor three t-shirts that says Charlestown Mayor on the front and wear it around. And I think I think more people are paying attention than than you think. You know, it, I think people would see that and be like, oh, either he's not the mayor and that t-shirt's kind of a joke, or he is the mayor. mayor. And you could say, hey, mayor. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, good to see you, mayor. But it, I think it's great to... I, 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 I can't say I wish he would do this, but I'm saying I wish there was an identifier. Because mm-hmm. if you put eight, picture, eight pictures of people in front of me, hey, pick out which one's Bob Trainer, I would fail, most likely. Well, I think a lot of people would. And I think part of that for Bob is that um, I, I think, like I said, he's a really good guy. I think he's a good mayor and all that. But he's a little uncomfortable being out in front of crowds. Okay. It, it's just not his thing. Okay. I mean, you know, I've been a musician for years. So, f- you know, for me, it's like, jump up on that stage and say something. It's like, yeah, sure. You know, Bob, and he's starting to get used to that, but I didn't, I don't, he's never done a lot of that kind of stuff before. So, well, I'm not calling him out. I'm just saying, I wish I, if, but he would, if you went over and introduced yourself, he would just chat, right. chat with you. He's just a regular guy. You know? Exactly. I know, I know that, but it, you know, it's, I like knowing you guys. I like being able to say hi. And I, I know that if there's anything I learned at leadership Jefferson, it was that, my community leaders are accessible mm-hmm. right up to the house of delegate right up to i mean you can reach out you can talk to these people you can see them at a restaurant you can see them at the grocery store you can see them mm-hmm. just out and ultimately most of them are friendly and maybe the timing's not right but ultimately they'll they'll talk right to you and if you got a problem they can talk about it right then or you can send them an email they might return a phone call you know it's no, accessible a, yeah once you get at least on this level or even up to the state level i, I think um, you and I talked about it at some point, uh, you know, once you get to the, the, the federal level, that's a little harder to be accessible, yeah, definitely. but, um, yeah, I mean, we're just a part of the community and we all have, like I said, we all have regular jobs. So it's not yeah. like, you know, it, it, there's nothing magical. One of the biggest things about when I got on the city council is it's like the next day, I, you know, people seem to think that I knew everything or I had the nuclear launch codes in my pocket or something, you know, and, I, <laughs> and people would get, you know, friends that I've known for years would, you know, text me with a question. And I was like, I don't know. Let me, I'll get back to you. I'll, let me, let me find an answer for that. Cause you know, yeah, and not, I'm still the same person I was yesterday. Right. So, you know, I don't know everything. Yeah. I, I can imagine that might be a little bit of pressure there also. Yeah, I, I also want to step up on my podcast soapbox for a second, and <laughs> and um, these are my my views only, and uh, I assume Bob's in it for the long haul. He has to run, correct? Mm-hmm. He was appointed, so he'll run next year with the same time I run. Right, and you don't have to announce that you're running for mayor until when? Um, if somebody you, was going to. You start signing up, you actually have to fill out the the paperwork and stuff and I think that happens in January, January right mm-hmm. um, well I like the fact that he's kind of getting his feet wet mm-hmm. in the position and that's great and he has the time and the motivation to be in that position oh and I am the mayor pro temp by the way I'm oh you are right so okay thanks mayor so if, so, something, <laughs> if something happens to Bob you know I'm in charge gotcha gotcha <laughs> well so I think that one of the things I want to say is that whether you know it or not the the mayor that Bob replaced, his name was Scott, and Scott um, resigned for, um, he may have put a statement out as to why he was resigning, but he was in the position for a couple of years, and no matter what kind of leader he was or what kind of moves he was making in town, he left before his term was up. It's a four-year term, correct? Uh-huh. So he left before his term was up, and it he left under what seems to be a bit of mystery, and Maybe people out there listening know why he left, or maybe you heard rumors why he left. But ultimately, he left a community. He was, as far as I'm concerned, the leader of Charlestown because he was elected mayor, and he ran unopposed. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's all we had, and he's all we got. But if you are going to run for office, make sure you understand that there's challenges that can come down, and you have committed yourself to the public. You've committed yourself to that position. You cannot just leave your post. You can't just go get a job somewhere else and and move for the job. Or you can't just be, I mean, there's certain circumstances, and we don't need to discuss it, Todd, but 
the less you tell people or the less you're clear about your legend or your legacy see a legacy I think is what people leave behind because everybody understands why you resigned the legend of you resigning is the fact that we know less and we have to come up with our own speculations and I think that there's a legend behind Scott resigning that is not favorable towards Scott um yeah I would have to agree with that right and Um, I I honestly I disrespect him for not being clear to his entire constituency we voted you were our leader and you left and I don't know if all people in the community all citizens of Charlestown take it seriously but if we elect you in a position we expect you to pull the job off to hmm. the best of your ability yeah um, you don't need to comment on that Todd I'm just running my mouth right I know now. I know okay um, <laughs> but I, I think there are times when it's okay to step down I've in my time of awareness I've seen this happen several times and understood why and then there's times when you go you know kind of like dude what are you doing right you know um i i found that in life and maybe this because i was in you know a musician for years and spent a lot of time but i I learned how to take a philosophical punch Mm -hmm. you know you have to be able to be knocked down and get back up and keep going you have to be able to get back on the horse and um if you know some people can and some people can't and i'm not saying that one way or the other about um scott um but um you know i get it you fall off you you move on and if you don't get back up on the horse somebody's gonna push you out of the way and get back up on that horse and take over sure so and that and and that's fine i just i require an explanation for being let down and left so I probably won't ever get it, but I have I have that I have that expectation of our next mayor. You're the leader. Yeah, and uh, and I think you're going to get a, a full um, uh, full duty out of out of this one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or or, yeah. or somebody could step up to run against Bob, right? Or no? They they could sure. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm yeah. not assuming somebody will. I'm just saying that. I think right now you have a pretty, Charleston has a pretty strong leadership. Right. I know, you know, if, if Bob, some, he moves out or whatever, you know, I can step in on a short basis and the, there's several other people in council that could do the same thing. I think we have a yeah. strong base. Th- that's not what I mean. And I'm not anti-Bob. Right. But I am pro the election process. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of people out there with opinions. There's a lot of people out there who have the means to step up and be leadership. If you want to help implement change, maybe the mayor's not the right position, or maybe it is the right position, but you should be trying to make the positive environment that you want to live in. And if you have the ability. You have to be involved. Right. That's the thing. You know, um, sometimes it almost, and I hate to say it, but you, you know, local elections can be almost seen as a joke because. I think the last election we had like I can't remember now like 325 people vote or something like that. Out of how many? Out of registered voters, I'm just guessing. Uh, you know, there's at least uh, 2,500 or more registered voters. So right around 10 to 12 percent. Something like like right. that. Not, not, not those aren't accurate numbers. I'm just going off yeah, the top yeah. of my head, but um, it, it's just kind of like. Come on, people. Well, it's not a joke, okay? It's this, not a joke. So I, I practice a thing where I try to manage my own personal economy. And my inside my economy is my family, my relationship, my business, my finances, mm-hmm. uh, my future. I don't, I don't get involved with what's happening outside of 40 miles of my zone. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I work with what's right here. It's what's in my space. And I can kind of control this size of a bubble. And inside that bubble is my local economy. It's not my federal government. Right. What, what those guys are doing and working on, they've been working on for years, and it's there's no way to influence it except by influencing local leaders, right. local leaders who get experience and maybe step up to be regional or state leaders, and then maybe they get experience to step up, and hopefully they carry the same values that I voted for them back when they were mm-hmm. local government. But move, if you want to move the needle, you have to vote local. You've got to vote local, local, local. Well, you know, I've told a lot of, I've listened to a lot of people on all sides of issues complain about this or that. And, I, you know, my, a lot of my times my response is, okay, 
I, I don't necessarily agree with whatever, whatever you're saying, whatever, but if you want to make a change, you've got to be involved. Right. You, you can't just sit there and complain and expect it to change. You got to be informed and involved. Right. Like and if, if I want to, if I'm voting for you, Todd, and um, I and I feel like my vote matters in my economy, and I have concerns over six different things, I can send you an email and say, hey, what are your views on this? Before I vote for you, I want to know what you think about mm -hmm. these things, or. I want to come where I can meet you and ask you these questions in person. That's how you get involved. That's how you get informed. And then you go out and freaking vote. Mm -hmm. Don't complain about things getting crazy in your community, but also not be somebody who made the time to vote. Right. Or even or get on a committee or volunteer for a board. Again, I'm getting on a soapbox again. But I'm just, it's, it <laughs> spins me up when I hear people complain. And there's opportunities. Yeah. There's opportunities to help adjust your local community. Right, yeah. yeah. And locals where it's at, that's kind of how I ended part of one of the reasons I ended up, because as a musician, I used to raise money for all kinds of stuff all over the world, you know, saved R4 or whatever issue. And, and you remember the earthquakes that happened in Haiti? Yeah. The big one. Um, I was a part of a group of musicians that we did like this little tour. And we, you know, I wasn't the, the instigator of it, but I agreed to go along with it. And we raised like 20 grand for all this. And... And then there was another earthquake, and then another earthquake, and then, and then all of a sudden I was like, I can't save the world, but I can make a difference here in my community. And then, and at that point, I just pulled back everything and just started working on my community. And I've, that's a great move. I found, you know, if everybody just stopped and worked on their community, yeah, um, you, what a difference we can make. And then we can, yeah, then we can save a little bit of something else, or or, or inspire somebody to save something else, you know. Um, I agree. I think if I think Charleston has a, a an opportunity to be a, a shining star, and I think we are a shining star. I agree. Final question is a multi-part. Um, let's for another little little look on the inside of what City Council is doing. Highlight some things that are happening maybe in the next three months or up to three years. Things that you guys are working on that we can kind of learn more about in the coming months or years um well i'm on the parks and recs board or as well um which is sort of an offshoot of the, the council um and one of the things we're going to be looking at is better uses for parks uh the swimming pool in jefferson memorial park is aging um that's going to be a very serious discussion over the next couple of years because some it's a pretty major facility for you know a small board um and we're gonna have to decide what to do with that um, there's a lot of street issues and that we're really starting to look at, you know, we've done a couple things on a couple streets as kind of tests to see. Give me examples of what you've done or what you're thinking about. I'm not, we're not holding you to anything, even though we're on the, <laughs> on the record, but now like, we put up some stop signs up on, uh, uh Mildred street and on, a uh, there's down here in Liberty and Congress. We, we are going to do some stuff on that corner because that was a corner where there's been a bunch of wrecks and that kind of thing. And part of it was light, um, uh, line of sight problems. Is that uh, Lawrence? Lawrence and Congress? Or Lawrence and Liberty, rather? Liberty and Congress. I, no, not Liberty. I think Con those are uh, Liberty and parallel. Charles. I'm sorry. Charles. Right. So line of sight left and right there. Right. Mm -hmm. Same thing with Lawrence, though, because it's a hill coming up and there's right. cars parked right in your line of sight. We, I'm glad you're on top of stuff like that. We, we know that there's problems all over the city, so what we try to do is pick a couple things, do something, see how that works, do some, um, uh, you know, investigating and, and um, you know, research, and then come up with a plan. And um, We've seen a lot of um, sidewalk ramps we put in recently in the yeah. last two years or so um there's a lot of sidewalk problems all over the city again that's something we're not going to solve tomorrow um but we're going to just start chipping away at it and and you know doing the best we can with it a is there anything sexy you can tell us about like something like wow that sounds cool like <laughs> something bigger than just sidewalks or stop signs like i don't know <laughs> is there anything <laughs> something sexy oh, I mean just like wow like I, is there anything with a like a wow, wow appeal like when we did the mural that's pretty cool <laughs> yeah that was pretty cool right. uh, um, I don't know to me it's all wow okay so, so I, I think anytime a lot of things that we do I think are little things um, and so people don't really a lot of times even notice you're doing stuff but 
to me, the whole thing is wow. Gotcha. There, there's so much in that goes into running a city. You know, it, there's always issues. There's always, you know, um, it's an ongoing process. I came into an ongoing process. When I get off, I'll leave an ongoing process, and somebody else will come on. We're not going to solve everything. Is um is the city council involved with approving things like the West Virginia Day Festival or the car show? Sure. Yeah, yeah. that all goes through. Let's talk about those events for a second. West Virginia Day is coming up in June 20th this year. Mm -hmm. Check out, wait for details on a 5K. Still waiting on approval for that new course that we developed. But that is a awesome event. It's mm -hmm. filled with local and regional vendors, um, business owners. Uh, there's food trucks. All the restaurants are jammed up and ready to, um, for that big, uh, that big day. But all of Washington Street is closed. Um, it's one of my favorite events because that is truly about celebrating who we are as a, as a community. Right. And we invite everybody to come in and say, hey, you know, we just want to say thank you and, and um, we just want to have a good time today because we're kind of cool. We like right. hanging out with each other. And like Liz Cook is at the helm of that, I think, from the town's point of view. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and we've been lucky enough, the Bros and Bras outfit has been lucky enough to put on the, um, the 5K. And, and I've, I've always sold the idea as like, look, if I can get 100 people to wear blue and gold and go out and run, and then within the half an hour of the festival opening, I flood Washington Street with all the finishers and their families wearing blue and gold. <laughs> yeah. That's a photo right yeah. there. Get, mm -hmm. a, get a shot of those extra 100 people out there filling that up. And, you know, as long as the weather is right, man, it is a really great thing. There's music. There's multiple. There's like four or five bands that play. And Charles Washington might show up. Oh, you're right. We haven't even discussed that part yet. I mean, <laughs> we're, we're almost out of time. But, so we will cross that on a different podcast. Okay, but, okay. but the... Um, the, the, the festival, West Virginia Day, is just a super stellar time. And there's even like a beer garden. And mm -hmm. I almost never get to that in time. But it's an all-day event. And there's there's a section where you can get some beer with the local breweries and the it, food. It's just, and there's picnic it's tables It's just down at 3 in the afternoon. But the, all the businesses stay open. I mean, it, the party doesn't just stop at 3. That's just when the streets open. You right. know, everybody else is still going on. Yeah, I, I think I have Liz on the uh, schedule a few weeks from now where we're going to sit and talk about all of the fun <laughs> events for the town. So, um, is there anything, anything we missed, Todd? Oh, you know, there's, there's, there, was, there was this thing that, that you started to mention, but maybe you're not oh. ready to talk about that yet. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is uh, something that just sort of you know, came up in council. Um, we're going to start, hopefully, to start working on an emergency plan for downtown and maybe for the city we um that's what i was hinting at was something that's like the neat oh, okay. something that's neat and kind of conceptual yeah. still um yeah and it's something that came into my mind out of out of um a situation at farmer's market last summer where we had somebody had a heart, heart attack and realized that we we got through it and we it was okay and she you know the she survived and all that but it it was an eye-opener I actually had some training in this kind of stuff, but the training is like 15 years ago, and I, I blanked, you know. And um, the mayor and I were having a chat down at Sibling Roasters, and she's the lady who runs that. Libby is a nurse, and we got—I don't even know how we got on the subject, but we talked about getting some defibrillators downtown in strategic locations, because you don't know, you know. Uh, when we had the heart attack at, at the market last summer, an ambulance came, but. They drove past us. They missed the exit, you know. And all of a sudden, we were. It took them like 10 minutes to get back around the block. And um, what do you do? It's so scary. It seems like 10 minutes, right? Oh, you know, the probably the whole thing probably lasted 20 minutes, but it seemed like hours. I, I know. I know. So you know, and so that's that's a cool thing that I like. Yeah, that's happening. a neat conceptual thing that you guys are working on. Mm -hmm. Well, Todd, did we miss anything? I'm sure we did. Okay. I think. You and I know each other pretty well at this point. I think we could talk all day about just about all kinds of stuff. So. You're right. You're right. Todd, Todd's on the books for um, another one, a podcast about the farmer's market we're going to have down the road and and what the background and how that got built up. And then we're going to do a podcast about music because Todd knows music and I definitely don't know music. So i got to figure out what my questions are for that. Or I'll just let him play some music for you and describe <laughs> what it means and what it is. So. Well, Todd, thank you so much for being on the Break It Down for Brackets podcast. Kevin, it was, a, it was a joy, man. Awesome. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Today's intro song is called Mean in a Good Way. It's written and performed by Peter Clark off of his album, Peter Clark After Dark. Peter, 
Peter describes this song as being the best song to learn hula hooping to. Peter is an avid hooper and recently started a hula hoop repair business. If you ever need hula hoop repair, consider contacting Peter. You can reach him on SoundCloud. Just search Peter Clark After Dark. <laughs>